Yeah. I could, I could, I could drop dead right now. Oh, you're not. Am I that? Listen to what I'm saying. If I was to drop dead right now, my last thought would be, I've had a good life. Yeah. It's life shit. Yeah. It's life shit is like, it's like, it's bump the fuck out, for, for real. See, to live is to suffer. And to survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. It's a little dark, but. I mean, his name was Dark Man X for a reason. This is true. You and went, that, that's his reality. He went places others would not go. Um, and that's kind of an understatement, you know, because like in your head, you don't really over, you didn't overthink it and you never will overthink somebody's legacy until they pass. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, some of the more emotional lyrics in my catalog, my repertoire, in my head are DMX lyrics, mm -hmm. you know, and people don't see him on instinct and think emotional, but it's because he kind of had a little bit of that. Jenny's Jaquan about him. Not Jenny's Jaquan. You know, a little bit of humor, you know, nothing crazy. But he did have a Jenny's Jaquan about him where it was like, you're doing both of these. Always, honestly, all three of these things really well. A lot of spirituality, mm -hmm. a lot of emotional content, and then just full-blown gangster shit. shit. Yeah. Like, all at the same time. It's same like, time. I'm bearing my soul, but also I'll beat your ass. If you and had, I'll rob you. If you had to put... <laughs> the wire into a person, it would just be DMX. DMX had all the elements of the Emmy Award <laughs> show, The Wire. And you know, it should be noted because just like The Wire, black people made it, liked it, and white people loved it. Mm -hmm. DMX Woo! <laughs> went off. Everybody loved them. Yeah, I mean, they, they had that crossover thing. So this episode, um, though, a little, what do you want to call it? Um, there's a word for this for you, impromptu. Impromptu, yeah. yeah. We had um, a whole different show planned, and this tragedy happened, and we were like, we have to kind of drop everything and talk about this, and only this. It all, it feels right to do that. Yeah, and this was pretty much on, um, in brand for what we discussed. If we did an impromptu podcast for every terrible thing that happened, all you'd hear was <laughs> impromptu podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy how often that happens. It does feel like it's like... Just still kind of a rough year. And I'm going to call it a year because I'm just, I'm not going to stop calling this year the year until the pandemic's completely over. Yeah, it's its own year for it's sure. It's its own year. I don't care if it's 2022. It's 2020. This year. Until, this has been a yeah, long year. It's 2020 it until I can hug everybody in a room. Yeah. Hug your grandma. Yeah. And I, and I don't really want to have to lose more legendary people along the way, but it does seem like outside closed and God took a few really great ones with him um, during this period of time. And I'm just like, you know, not these people. These are the rich people that we want to stay around because, you know, they're they're, they're doing things that we care about. Yes, you know, I didn't want to lose joy. Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman and, and DMX in this too short much. period it's of time. too much um but it's interesting to say that because the people i just mentioned kobe bryant chadwick boseman and dmx are all very 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 pivotal and special people in their own right yes but they also leave legacies that live on far longer than their age was whenever they passed now um our original episode for this we were looking at tlc yeah 
right? And yeah. it's so ironic. Oh that man, we did talk about yeah, this exact something thing. important. Yeah, yeah, an important perspective. Yeah, so you know, DMX was in critical condition. I think already whenever we started. To, to do the TLC episode. Yes. We didn't know what was going to happen. And of course, this was a really wacky, you know, rollout of news for this this passing too. People did a terrible job with this news the entire time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was terrible. Um, but we watched The Last Days of Left Eye. And, um, you know, when it ended, we were, we were like sitting there thinking to ourselves, I, I remember feeling this loss and it was a loss and I didn't think too much of it. But at this age, with the optics that I have, and me being sort of, I guess, at, around Left Eye's age at the time, she really felt like she had um, some, you know, reached some points of spiritual self-actualization. Yeah. And contributed, you know, those things back into society. And DMX alike, you know, I just felt like it was one of those things. Jazz and I finished that movie, and then we were like, you know, it's really She crazy. was at peace. Like, yeah. you really feel like these people... There was nothing left for them to do but go back home to God. Like you, can you imagine being so in tune with with your spirituality that God literally takes you at the perfect time? Not necessarily so much the latest time, exactly. You know, but the time that makes the most sense for the work that He sent you here yep. to do. And I, I don't know what else DMX had to contribute. I can't really. Neither one of us can qualify that. But what we can say is what he left us with thus far, it has, it's got the legs to span a generation forward and backward. So we're going to talk about DMX. I come to you hungry and tired. You give me food, let me sleep. I come to you weak. You give me strength, and that's deep. You call me a sheep and lead me to green pastures, only asking that I keep the focus in between the chapters. You give me the word, and only ask that I interpret, and give me the eyes that I may recognize a serpent. You know I ain't perfect, but you'd like me to try. Unlike the devil who just wants me to lie till I die. So let's go back um, and talk about a few things that happened during his childhood that probably contributed to a lot of um, what we saw in his music and how he did actually end up becoming closer to God. He's been through mm. a lot. To say a sordid history would be an understatement. You do always hear how um, I think the phrase is that New York niggas grow up fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, yeah do. they do. And it's unfortunate. Uh, it is unfortunate. And I remember thinking, watching Hey Arnold, like, these kids got too much goddamn freedoms. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah. but it does, it, it, this is one of those situations where you don't realize how bad poverty is in your country. Because you're going to hear some things about this guy that are going to make you be like, how could all of this have happened and how could nobody have stopped it? People don't care about poor people. So the things that happen go unchecked and then unchecked and then unchecked and then unchecked until it's a really rough life. Yeah. Um, one of the first major occurrences being that he was hit by a car when <laughs> yes. he was really, really young. Yes. And, and mind you, poor. 
Very poor. Hit by a drunk driver. Hit by a drunk driver. And was offered a settlement out of court for $10,000. That's out of court. Okay. <laughs> so no no court fees. No, he didn't even have to get a lawyer. It just literally the drunk driver was wrong because obviously, you know. But they said, hey. We'll the, give you $10,000 to not sue. And his mother rejected the money. Now, they were very, very, very poor. Didn't okay. have a bed, didn't have, didn't have a soft place to rest his head. To say soft, I saw, I read someplace that he would literally have mice and roaches crawling on his body as he slept. So we're not talking about REM cycle sleep. I know you, <laughs> you're not, we're not talking about that stuff that you guys take your z and your melatonin for at all. This man never seen that. This is literal discomfort. Discomfort. Like in every way. Okay. Below standard for human beings to be living in. His mother rejected the money. And why did she reject the money, Jazz? Because of religious beliefs. Now, I have no, I'm not going to take a stand. I mean, I'm a Christian, but I will say that um, I'm very open minded, very accepting and receiving of all religious beliefs and backgrounds. I like to study them. I think it's, it's something we should all do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do know about this Jehovah's Witness self-sufficient notion, uh, and I think it's kind of a quality idea. Um, part of the reason why it's so difficult for me to wrap my head around black people being Jehovah's Witnesses is for this exact reason, because, I mean, wow, you want to be self-sufficient. You don't really have too much of a dog in this fight. People are... The world is against you. <laughs> like they're not, they're not they're not really going to try. Like the circumstances are going to be bigger than your self-sufficientness every time here. And this lady and, and that religion also does have caveats for certain things. And this is one of them. Mm-hmm. You can actually take settlements out of court according to a lot of interpretations uh, of Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Well, I'll go on to say that under this same religious belief system she abused him and allowed people to abuse him and like most of our more devout and convicted saints in any religion Mm -hmm. there are a lot of skeletons in In the the closet closet. yep yeah so why don't you find some middle ground with your secular life and your spirituality and just find some peace within yourself what do you like what is god like that's some nice balance anyway so before you're even done with elementary school you've been hit by a car your mother all of her boyfriends have had your teeth knocked out all of these things and taken away from his family no he was to say taken taken away makes it seem like cps came and got him no he was sent away by his mother his uh, mom abandoned him his mom abandoned him left him in in a group home and tricked him into thinking they were just visiting and just dropped his ass off imagine you know victims of abuse they that's still his mother yeah yeah that's somebody he still looked to for some kind of protection and she left him can you imagine can you imagine going through all of that and your mother gives you away on top of it i mean you know i will say if it's all you know when anything is all you know it's all you know 
And I, I want people to just just think about that because sometimes you'll hear these circumstances that seem so outlandish and be like, "There's no way." And here's the thing, I I can't wrap my head around it, but I'm I'm recognizing the privilege that I've had and been given by having been born into the family that I was born into. Nobody did that for me. That was a privilege. And I can't imagine, like, I, I do understand that people that live in circumstances like that often adapt through survival tactics, which require any means. And that's exactly any means what necessary. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, he turned to a life of crime, started robbing people. He needed to eat. <laughs> that's that's what he. That's what means are. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and this is all before somebody else that was supposed to be his protector laced his blunt and started his addiction to drugs. Now, I want to do a little page break here and say I have seen somebody smoke something that we later found that was laced in my lifetime. And it kept me away from marijuana for a very, very, very long time because mm -hmm. it was one of the scariest things I'd ever seen. I drove that guy home. He could not um, differentiate his bodily functions, you know, and we didn't know what it was. And of course, at the time, I, you know, I didn't partake in anything. So it wasn't a matter of me, you know, knowing what it was supposed to look like. But I thought that that was just weed. And we found out later that it was, you know, other stuff in it. But that guy, the last I spoke to him, he still had not smoked again ever since that point. Which is a really, you know, a good thing for him when you think about it. Because you're like, oh, well, this kept you from other stuff. But <clears throat> for people who maybe like, okay, I know that was a bad experience. But, you know, it is what it is. But you deal with something like that where you've been tricked into thinking weed is coke. And it's not. And you are you have an addiction to cocaine now. Yeah. I, um, I'm thinking about the movie Friday. And, you know, they... It was presented as comedy, but that is a serious, serious thing that happens when people lace your weed with stuff you did not agree to smoke, and it trips you out. It was funny, but is it really? No, and, and it's very <laughs> popular at the time for what, was it PCP to be in that kind of angel dust. People mm -hmm. were like really getting really wavy with what they put inside of a blunt, and it was, I mean... I'm never, ever going to be for any chemical drugs. I'm never going to promote that. Like, literally down to pills, I'm never going to promote that because I don't know how that goes. But what I will say is um, a lot of young African-American men had that experience that during that period of time, and it's very, very unfortunate because it contributed to addiction issues and systemic, like, staying in the system kind of situations. Mm -hmm over and over again like those lives are just i mean they're they're ruined you get one bad record and then you're out and you have to do other things to make money and you're in and then you're out you have to do other things to make money and you're in and you're out and you're stressed you smoke you yeah. smoke what you know you, not weed because you're already addicted to something else mm -hmm. um you know i don't want to stay in this place but just knowing this not even the day-ins and day-outs day of his life, but just knowing this information, you can imagine why somebody like him was grateful to see 50 years old. Yeah. It's all right there with just what we told you. Yeah. Um. So let's move into how he got into music. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a unfortunately a lot of time alone with your thoughts in these 
spaces and places mm-hmm. that DMX was put in. Um, so him being in the group home and spending time there and, you know, chopping it up with the friends he made there about what was going on in the outside world, which was rap, hip hop, you know, kind of brought him to this revelation where he decided he was going to start writing his own lyrics whenever he went to prison the next time that he was there. Before that, he was known for beatboxing. Mm-hmm. And mind you, like, we didn't mention that early in his, his childhood, he was admitted to the hospital a lot for bronchial asthma. So this is a contributing factor to this very voice. signature voice. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so speaking of this voice, now, I, I made it my Facebook status the other day. I was like, growing up black means if you know anybody that does impressions, the first impression they're going to do is DMX. Absolutely. I I want you guys to understand exactly how ubiquitous of an impression (laughs) DMX is across the board, across the board. Like, I'm very sure that there are complete white circles, Asian circles, Chinese circles of friends where they're like, hey, what's up? They're like, yo. (laughs) Get at me, dog. Do you know what a dog needs? (laughs) A dog needs a, what? Um, (laughs) <laughs> it matters because you don't know you see so often people saying I love black people when they do something very collective and cultural you find out through so many different spaces of your life that you're going to go to, to California and meet black people and you're like you guys do the same things we did in North Carolina when <laughs> yep. I was you're like yeah and it's always going to be a DMX impression on that list no it's matter fun. what it's fun it's a, it's that's a fun, fun voice so I, I just want us to recognize the legend of 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 this voice that we lost yo you know where it really shines when he does rudolph the red-nosed reindeer you know dasher and dancer and prancer and vixen coming to cupid and donner and blitzen but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all come on Everybody's favorite. Never have I appreciated his voice more than that moment. <laughs> I mean, I, I also feel like his prayers were always very, very effective to me because, I mean... There's a lot of voices that matter in rap. Jay-Z has a line where he's like, And I ain't animated like say a Busta Rhymes. You know, like, or he mentions Ludacris a few times. Where he's like, you know, these guys are all talented in their own, you know, sort of vocal ability. Mm-hmm. The way they bend their voices. Animated. Yeah. Way. Um, and it, it matters because I do like the fact that he was acknowledging the fact that, yo, that is something that is important in what we do. You know, there's also a lot of Jay-Z impressions for the same reason. Exactly. But it should be noted that that, that matters. You remember the first time you heard Donald Glover rapping, you were like, you shouldn't be rapping? <laughs> um, I thought that was somebody else that I would never say out loud because he's like one of the greats, but... Kendrick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you've already let the world know that you didn't like his voice. It's okay. 
But did I, mean, I say it already? You loud? did, but you, you oh, said, I hated you said his you... early projects because it took so much for me to like enjoy the music because I couldn't do his voice. Well, but... the people need you to be transparent. Yes, we have no we have no qualms with how you grow. I do love Kendrick though. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I mean, if you didn't, I love him enough for the both of us. <laughs> but I will say. Okay. That that kind of stuff really matters um, when it comes down to having an aesthetic, but it's going to matter in hip hop forever because we also don't have a lot of signature, like vocal talent right now. It's we, a very weak lane. This is true. But during a period of time where DMX is hot, you have a Ludacris and a Busta Rhymes and a DMX and a Jay Z. And and then like a Timbaland and like a Missy and like you know like there's so many people doing different things. Yeah. When I step up in the place, say yo, I step correct. What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? Listen up close while I take it backwards. Okay, begins the gallus in me with y'all. Baby girl, it's the life. Once again, it's the life. I'ma run till I bust my gun and empty the. And if I come home and gotta go, just give me the whip. Um, and it's just a blessing to have been a part of what I think is really more of the renaissance of actual rap as it is now. I mean, people are going to say Cool Modi and things like that of that nature, but Biggie passed away, Tupac passed away, and boom, New York bought us. Uh. Yo, he was putting albums out like hotcakes, okay? He put out three number one albums in 18 months. Unheard of. And then he's the first artist to ever have five back-to-back albums go number one. He first one. <laughs> changed the way people release music. And a lot yes. of it has to do with a bet. Really? Yeah. So... Jeremy Lyons bet that he could not drop another album within the year. And he, he said, took he, that said he said, if you, he said, if you do it, I'll give you a million dollars. Really? He said, I'll give you a million dollars if you do another album before the year is up. Hey, right? and I'm glad he did that shit. Dark and Hell is Hot comes out. And Jeremy Lyons is like, right, I'll give you a million dollars if you do another album before the, the year is up. And Swizz is like, nigga, we've been. We got tracks in the chamber. Okay. <laughs> so basically what, what Let happened the is sing. like what happened is Swiss and DMX just refurbished a bunch of stuff that they had been doing already and Flesh of My Flesh of My Flesh and Blood, blood of My, of my blood, blood came out right before that. And he got his million dollars. And they both they both debuted number one and went multi platinum. I love that for him. <clears throat> I'll say like I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've said this like several times on air, but growing up with a brother, that is how I know hip hop. It was a give and take relationship. He would listen to like Maya with me and Destiny's Child and I would have to listen to DMX. And at the time it still felt like 
how your mom did when she cleaned up and she had all that old ass yeah, music yeah, playing and at the distant, time it, it felt it, it felt a little forced but then when you really think about it you was like damn this shit kind of slapped though and now you're like so much more appreciative of the fact that you were introduced to music in this way through your parents and your siblings and it just hits different, the appreciation. Like, I'm glad I got that culture from my family. Without them, I wouldn't know as much about music as I do and appreciate it how I do. And she's saying the exact same thing that I would say if for some reason we had lost a legendary R&B artist because that's exactly how this all makes sense. I have sisters. And whenever that was happening, I was just taking it all in. But I absolutely loved all of that stuff. And was just more guilty pleasuring it, you know, for most of my life. I mean, obviously, I still was able. It's crazy how people like to make you think you're going to be conditioned in some kind of crazy way by something. You just are who you are, like, no matter what. Because none of this was missed on me. Like, I listened to all my Jay-Z and all my DMX and all of my rappers. But I also had, like, a lot of 702 and, like, other stuff in the mix. But I didn't have nobody to keep up with but myself. And honestly, when that's the case, you get... People like Jasmine and I, where we love stuff so much, we get to do this for a living. Exactly. But that being said, yeah, you know, he was impressionable and he was very charismatic. And honestly, if you're a young teenager at the time, there was nothing hotter. A lot of people have been likening his success to saving Def Jam and to literally resurging hip hop after we lost Biggie and Pac. And, I mean, it's almost inevitable. The comparisons to Pac are always really high. But, I mean, I would argue if we're talking about actual content, DMX has more music that I enjoy than Tupac, like, right now. Mm -hmm. And will probably be the case 10 years from now still, you know. Uh, But a lot of that has to do with the fact that what Tupac and Biggie did was sort of like a, he's really more of a combination of the two when you really think about it. He is. Tupac he is was very vulnerable. Much, yeah, yeah. He was. Tupac was very vulnerable, and the unfortunate thing about him is there's a little bit of fake in the funk with Tupac because he he could have literally lived a better life than he chose to live because he had a lot of opportunities out of his circumstance. He liked being a gangster, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you have Biggie, who was really, really poor, mm-hmm. for real, for real but made it and has this great flashy success story and literally just flashes it up this entire time. DMX coming out of New York and being real Biggie poor and also a real Tupac thug. <laughs> you got, love to you see got it. the best you of both love worlds. To see it. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of like, it's all in the family. The same thing I said about Eve, how it's like, hmm, I'm attractive, but also I'm very afraid. He has that same thing going on for him because I'm sure that's how women felt about him at that time. So more often than none, you know, you would hear him be a little misogynistic to the women who were proudly ready to be misogynized. <laughs> Misogynized. Misogynized, which is not a word. I love it. You know what I'm saying? It's really add that to the vocab. There's also freedom in that. If you like to be misogynized, hey, it's something for everybody. You know, and then there were some women in his life that obviously meant a lot to him because he would bless them with a child on his way in or out. (laughs) Hey baby, he had a lot of them apparently. A lot of them. There was (laughs) I was about to start naming women. (laughs) Oh my god. Brenda, Letitia. <laughs> Linda, Felicia, Dawn, LaShawn, Inez, and Alicia, Teresa, Monica, Sharon, Nikki, uh-huh. Lisa, Veronica, Karen, Vicky. Okay, um, okay, so what's, okay, so what's your favorite DMX song? Okay, so I was really haggling with this because 
you know, as a DJ, you know, I immediately was like, I have to play around with some of this stuff at some point. You know, am I going to do my favorite stuff or stuff that sounds good, right? Right, right. And off rip, I love how's it going down. Okay, you know? that's pro- That's definitely top. Probably, maybe that is my first. Well, you know, this, this might be was first place for me. The first time I had insight to him being sort of respectful of women. And it only mattered to me because I could pass this on to my mom without it being rebutted. I could listen to it whatever I wanted oh, to no. without my mom being like, turn that shit off. You know, I'm not about she to She will let, let him. Uh, How's it going down with Rye? <laughs> That's not a problem. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. Since you it, gave me the pussy, that ass getting I mean, it, it was ed, it was edited, so there was stuff that she didn't know. But DMX was so ridiculous sometimes. He was edited, telling her to go do a coke run for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that the snow. Okay, pick up some snow. I know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hold that thought and just think about the fact. Mama was letting that fly. I listen, don't know. Listen, listen. She was letting the edited version of how's it going down fly because the edited version doesn't seem so crazy. His Bad stuff, you know, is bad edited. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. saying. Like it was like it was always. It's a little singing yeah. on there. Oh, yeah, it, it's beautiful. Faith Evans on the video version and not on the track version, which people always complain about. And I told you a long time ago, I love rap music where there's an R and B singer sort of mumbling through the entire track the entire time. That's a dead art. <laughs> people would just be like, and it would be a girl, an uncredited girl. <laughs> Just in the you background. You just never know who and to they, fuck. They could be like, I'm rapping, I'm rapping, selling dope, and I'm rapping. And the girl's like, hmm, <laughs> the whole time. Just the, the entire track, uncredited. Just a girl that was in the studio like, I want to be on the track. <laughs> and I want a real credit. Now and I, they used to do shit like that, too. You just hanging out in the studio, you going to end up on the song somehow. <laughs> what Zuri what saluting say is outside. She said, Okay. But I want a real feature, though. Not like the girl who said Maybach music. She didn't get paid. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. What's your favorite um, your favorite DMX song? No, I really think it's how it's going down. I don't know why that's attached to me, like, so deeply. It's like... You know what? It's... So, as an adult, you know, I'm very, very big on, like, um, preaching about respect and how much more important than actual love it is. You know, in the long, long, long run, because you really need to be respected. Like, mm-hmm. people that don't respect you could not possibly love you. And he kind of sheds light on that in that song in a way that I didn't understand until this age. But then I was like, it doesn't seem like a very deep line, you know, just in passing. But after turning 30 and having been disrespected countless times, <laughs> You see it. You start you to be see like, damn it. You know, he might have been on to something. <laughs> Every time I come across somebody that respects me just a little bit, I'm like, really? Me? The reason why respect is so important is because if you've ever struggled with self-worth or insecurity, you will accept people's acceptance of you as respect. And that's not ever the case. Just people having you around is going to be enough for you too often Right. And I never really considered how different it is when people respect you versus whenever they're just tolerating you. Tolerating. Yeah. yeah. The difference. And I'm sure that there are a bunch of people who have had countless friendships and more romantic relationships and business relationships 
where they were being tolerated for years and years on end, thinking that being tolerated was as good as it got. Yeah. But that was a really, really, really important and pivotal line to me in general. And it means more to me now than it ever has. And I just think it's one of those things that, like, I felt like we were around the same age where he decided, okay, he's with a woman. He needs to be like, okay, she's been holding me down. I just need to, like, consider her more, you know, mm-hmm. with the moves that I'm making wow. because it's been real. And that's really important because that's people don't powerful. make music about considering women. They you know, they just don't do that, you know. And this was really important because this is a thug. You know what a dog needs? <laughs> a dog needs respect. And he gave it too. We appreciate that. Um but yo, number two, I mean I probably should have done five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> you know what was a huge moment? What? My dogs don't stop, your dogs don't stop. And, and then, then we, we gon' shut her down, open up. When that dropped? Oh, listen. I mean, it was very much up. And here's the thing. Anthems. Where are they? Anthems. Where are the anthems? DMX got like four. Yeah. Maybe five. All right, because you, I mean, as popular as Party Up is, don't you like that song right now? Yes. How is that possible? Absolutely. You got How is that possible? You're going to go off every time that song goes. And do you know what Swiss Beats does at the end of that song? What do you the, do? So, like, you know, you're going to hear DJ spin it in the middle of the set. You're going to hear all the lines that you want to hear your dad say, you stupid. You'd be like, so, so I love baby mama. mama. I never let it go. Right? But at the end of that Swiss just Swiss always been big on sort of like a carnival ending to his mm-hmm. beats, right? Where he's like, "We're just going to you remember? We're just going to go off, yeah, just, br- yeah, just bring, bring them out, hands in the air now, hands, 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 hands in, in the, the air, just having all the fun." At the end of the album version, the party up, he gives me what I think is Let's the first, the first one of those. In fact, we're going to drop it right now. I want Jazz to get this feeling. One, two, meet me some DJ-esque God, type of shit. Damn. And I'm just thinking of my in my head how funny it would be if niggas didn't know what Swiss Beats was doing at the end of their song until they heard it on Wax or they heard it on the radio like, oh, this is what you was doing? I had left the studio. You, you went crazy. Okay. Had a whole party at the end of the song by yourself. I'm sorry, but you you did such a good job at creating a, a narrative for me because I'm seeing right now. It's funny right to now, me. I'm seeing Swiss the song was in the studio over. by himself I'm, 
fucking up the end of the song having a blast because you know what else it really is close to just him at the end of that dmx does say like a few ad libs it's a little ad libs like yeah yeah but but he still wouldn't have known what was going on if swizz was like hey yo just be like yeah yeah uh uh-huh yeah I'm going to do something. Wait. <laughs> DMX, everybody went home. Engineer's gone. Swizz is like, yeah, I'll meet y'all there later. <laughs> Swizz halfway through the blunt. Like, eh, eh, mm. hold on. He goes inside the studio, just puts it on for himself. One, one, two, meet me outside. And then layers it by going. Street, street people. Like, there's, there's a track of him just saying, meet me outside. There's a track of him saying, Dark man X got you bouncing again, again, bouncing again, bouncing again. again. And there's a track where he's going, pick up, don't know. Just screaming, yeah. (laughs) And then there's him at the end doing the ain't nothing y'all can do about it. And it ends with the ain't nothing nothing y'all can do now. There's no, I, I don't, I don't think that I've ever said this out loud, but I don't know if there's a better end to a song. But I think I've told you before that Party Up has an insane ending, Mm -hmm. but nothing sounds like this. This and Get Your Freak On ending are like two things that will make me just go, what is what is this how did you do it what was the thought process like how did you flip this into a whole like party like i I mean we will probably have to give tim and swizz their individual flowers in different ways absolutely but the fact that these two niggas still exist and are still contributing anything at all is more than we need we don't segue. need anything else from this, from this what a good segue into how they were able to give him his flowers with the verses versus snoop dogg can i tell you something i watched the whole thing again oh my gosh the and whole he, thing it was a reminder of his beautiful energy dmx loved artists if he didn't he'll let you know and he'll let you know why but when he loved artists the love he showed it, it. You know, we were so glad to see him because we do know a lot of things that he's been through with you know relapse and you know fighting for his life a lot we were so glad to see dmx up there just dancing and having a fucking blast and getting the flowers he deserves snoop dogg was was letting him know he was everything and i just grateful Grateful yeah. that that's one of his last big moments. We all got a chance to 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 share that moment with him. For one, um, it, it gave us a chance to you know rehash some of the the great things. It's been it's been great, at least discussing the verses in the sense where people are having to list things and being like, I love that song. I love this song. I love that song. And maybe people were talking about it a little bit. We talk about it, you know, but this. There's no way there would have been an uproar on black Twitter about DMX and all these great songs in a row like we had this past summer if Swiss and Tim Tim. didn't give us that. Yeah, because his presence is always there. But when you when you're at the verses, you're like, yo, this this was a time. And he's contributed so much to music and hip hop. And you forget a little bit 
until it's in your face and you're like, holy shit, this is a legend. And he's got he's got the cultural pull of a Snoop Dogg without really pressing the gas on it. Yes, or you know he's not as visible. Yeah, as a lot of our other yeah every job like he's not he's not as visible as a lot of you know his peers such as Snoop Dogg. So that was another thing. Like we hadn't really seen him, seen him in a while. We started doing something, you know, where he was clearly making time for people that he really liked. It's very weird because, I mean, Jazz and I did already discuss how we felt like we were at a moment of completion. But, you know, him being on Drink Chaps with Nori, I mean, that's his friend. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Him having done top five. They came up together. Right. Him having done top five with Chris Rock, that's his friend. That makes sense. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like these are all... You know, things that, that were up what, his alley. What year was it that him and Jay-Z and Ja Rule, they um, reunited? Oh, um, for the, you're talking about whenever he what did? What was that? At Barclays. Was it Barclays with Jay-Z? He, he did those B-sides? I don't remember when he bought them out. I, don't, I, the I was about to say, I just remember them backstage. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what event I, I or think it was that, what I, was going he on. He randomly did a bunch of B-sides a few nights at Barclays or House of Blues. Oh, Jay-Z did. Jay-Z did. Jay-Z, yeah, yeah, that's something he does yeah. in New York. He does his B-sides, yeah. yes. And um, Ja Rule, we, we've must... talked about this in the past, how they were like the original Murder, Murder Inc. Yeah. And so it was good yeah. to see that moment of them all back together. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, and... and and greatness for all of them that came after the fact too. Like I mean, there's definitely a budding friendship. And I mean, I read in that same article about um, about how he was bet a million dollars to not be able to do two albums in one year. How much better he made Jay Z. Like it, there's a there's a lot of people who discuss like Jay Z's hunger to want to like get in in mm-hmm. during a period of time where DMX is just really shocking the world mm-hmm. so i mean in 98 you know 98 is um is dark and hell it's hot right mm-hmm. and money power respect is like a little bit before it drops this is a beat that i can freak just drop the rail bless a nigga with the hell y'all niggas know my skill dmx represent one time um because i mean he had a guest appearance on that and that's one of the bigger songs oh. of that year um, but like he, he'd done that and get at me dog and did dark and hell is hot. And he was the biggest star ever. And Jay-Z had just really pulled out under his belt at the time. And it's mm-hmm. just not, you know, it's not enough for him to be like the champion of this shit. You are correct. And it really turns him into a complete machine. Yep. Turned him up, put some fire yeah. in his ass. Yeah. So Def Jam coming out with DMX and Jay-Z is really what makes Def Jam exist today. Mm-hmm. And Jay Z doesn't exist without DMX. That beat is nasty. Well, nasty <laughs> that in beat the sense is so that, like, it, so nasty. It's it's equal parts annoying as it is good. I mean, like you ever heard something that you hate loved? That's what that song is. Yeah, like had it not been legendary ass niggas that could flow on there, I don't know what that beat would be. You know what? what so, is that? Or another, it would have. I think it's Swizz that made that jig. I don't know what the jig is, but there's some jig on that so shit. It's so interesting. Yeah, that shit jiggy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking about 
what these bitches want, right? Yeah. For one, that was one of my old, old, old ass tweets back in 2012, where we used to have fun, fun with trending topics. Hashtag unanswered hip hop questions. Did we ever find out what these bitches want from a nigga? Did we? We did not, actually. He didn't think... leave us with that. Um. So one other thing that came out of that recently was us having fun with Cisco saying, one thing you gotta know. I'm gonna be a nigga for life. I'ma be a nigga for life. Yeah. yeah. You have to do the yeah, otherwise it doesn't count. The yeah is what brought it home. Cause he like leans if you if you see the clip, he like leans back. Okay, so it's so funny. He says that yeah with every piece of him. It, it, it's so funny because like now that is making its rounds because of Kyrie Irving having <laughs> having told is it? Derek Schroeder that he does so Kyrie Irving told Schroeder to not call him a nigga. Right, and to some level, I was like, I'm with that shit. Like, don't you know we out in public, bro? We got to be playing games and shit. Like, don't be out here calling me a nigga. And then he tweeted how he don't want anybody using the yes. word, and everybody's it's not endearing. That. We did not recycle. Yeah, and listen, I'm a huge Kyrie Irving fan. Don't get it twisted. He's my favorite playing right now. You're missing me with this one though, buddy, because <laughs> I'm a say nigga to whomever I please. One thing you gotta know. Yeah. I'ma be a nigga for life. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Not that I'm going to go into it, but you've taken everything else away from my coach. I can't even have a word. <laughs> God damn. Really? All right. But something else fun that happened with that song, the um the challenge where everybody changed their hair mm-hmm. for all of the names in the song. Brenda. You know what? Else? Why I keep only thinking of Brenda? It was a lot of girls there, in there, but my brain keep going Brenda, Letitia. <laughs> Well, I met her in the ice cream parlor. Right? Tanya, Diane, Laurie, and Carla, Marina, Selena, Katrina, Sabrina. There has been an upswing About in... About three Kims. Latoya, Tina. It's been an upswing in girl list songs. Girls. Been a... Girls listed girl names. <laughs> it's been an upswing in songs that list girls names. Okay. Yeah, and you know, somebody tweeted, if he say your name in the song, do you matter? And I guess I don't. I okay, but you're in the two new ones. I'm in the two new ones. I like Lauren, I like Jazz, Shawty Sneaky, thought she was slim till I seen her from the bag. She got but it's funny my name is so common and it was not in that song you know where he live he ain't know no jazz <laughs> jasmine is the queen's english it was head. brenda latisha shelly bridget kathy rashida kelly nicole angel juanita stacy tracy rana and rhonda donna yolanda tawana and wanda all treated fairly but yet still but this is so people have found ways to pay homage to DMX in these last couple yeah. of years and I hope it was felt and appreciated. I know it was actually. Um, I even went back to one of our old episodes yeah. where it was the 20th anniversary of It's Dark and Hell's High. Yes. Yeah. And we gave him some good old flowers on that episode. Run it. <laughs> Just insert the song. What the you gonna do when we run up on you? Mess with the wrong rule. Stop. First we had a light. 
Yeah, you know, we weren't highlighting him per se in that episode, um, but we did give like a nice We did what chunk. we always yeah. do. We we got carried away. We started really yeah. appreciating that nigga on accident. That's very, it's very so it's so young, crazy. A very it's young so, JD and Jasmine on that day. It's on like, brand for us. And again, that's just a reminder of why we do the things we do. You know, I have I have this gratefulness that I have all of this on wax and I can come back to it and remember like we've been doing this. Yeah. We've been doing this and it feels really good to know that, you know, we were really just going to kick shit on this show. That was really what it was <laughs> yeah. about. It was about kicking shit. And then we turned it into this thing where we pay homage and, and we show love. It was a, this is a showing love and giving people their flowers while they're still here it is that kind of show yeah and that's what's gonna keep me going like i if if maybe they never hear it i'm glad no i'm glad it's to know i'm wax. doing yeah. what well, i'm doing and it's always gonna be accessible like it's respect there was not expected but it's it was, given because it, it's yes, real <laughs> the realness authentic genuine but, all of that stuff yeah. saying that is so funny to me because I had no idea we'd be doing this through the loss of legends at all. It never even occurred it, to it, me. It doesn't cross your mind. You know, at all. It, it, quite frankly, it was always, it always felt like such a, a novice project, like a baby project that I'm just, just doing it. Like, I don't even really overthink it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But you're absolutely right. That is a stone that it will never go unturned. Again, it's, it's hard to be sad when I'm seeing all of these videos of DMX just so full of joy and gratefulness for life i mean when you see him he's singing he's dancing he's showing love to somebody he's praising god he's worshiping he's doing something positive so many random stories have come across my timeline just random regular people like giving money to girl scouts and sitting beside people on a flight and just mm. being in the same room with people and not realizing he is really changing their lives just by being who he is and being authentic and being real and down to earth and open to just chatting it up with fans and and people that he shared a space with it was nothing for him to sit down with people and just have a conversation and talk about his life and his spirituality and what it meant to him. He had no idea that he was changing people's lives to the degree he was. So it's just so hard for me to be sad just seeing these images of him and just knowing he really is at peace. Mm. So now I, I think we should, rundown i mean we've all we've both seen a lot of dmx content this right. past weekend um you know i've shared a little bit with you shared a little bit with me uh, i want you to tell me what your favorite thing you learned about him was and what your favorite video that you came across was um okay i think um my okay i have two favorite videos okay that's fine well i mean honestly i Forget the stipulations. Just tell me what, yes. what you like. <laughs> the one of the girl jumping out of her car to go take a picture with him. And he's just standing there like, you gotta love him. Oh, 
she is just so. So she answers your question she, too. Yes, she's <laughs> so happy to see him, and DMX just looks so calm and waits for her to come up, take the pictures, and he's just sitting there like, "Wow, I just gotta love him." I mean, how could you not? I mean, he was a a man of the people. That's one. My second is, um, so we we actually brought up this fact on that old episode, um. Paige Heard is his goddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in Cradle to the Grave together, and he ended up, you know, taking her under his wing, and she's his goddaughter. And um, when the news broke, she started posting a few, you know, of their moments together. They were really close. And one of them, um, she's in the car driving, and a Taylor Swift song is on, and she's singing every word. And at first, he's sitting there looking at her like, um, what? is going on here and then he starts doing the ad libs and jamming (laughs) jamming out with her and it's just so funny and so just it it warmed my heart i loved it he had gentle giant energy gentle giant i mean he was fun and you know you just he's rocking out to taylor swift adding ad libs what over taylor swift and just my, my goddaughter loves it, so I guess I love it, too. I'm going to have fun. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. That's ultimately what always matters. Um, and that was your two favorite things? Yes. <clears throat> Those are my two favorite clips I've come across. Um, one of mine is way less philanthropic and emotional, but when he was imitating Omarion doing the touch video, that was really funny to me. <laughs> it is. Uh, and I love whenever he's, like, really, like, letting like being really free, like being carefree. He's always funny when he's really carefree, like yes. always, like consistently. Um, but my favorite thing that I've, I saw on Twitter was me learning about the Children's Village and how... Children's Village? The group home that he went to in, okay. in the 80s. <clears throat> he was a resident there. Um, but he came back so often and contributed so much to the group home that he was at. Wow. Where he was staying, they they were you know very very fond of him and fond of his memory. There's a lot of stuff that people said about what you know he asked for, what he was like when he was there, and him coming back to talk to kids now. And, and there's one lady that that said that he asked her for structure and like discipline, and you know she was like I was happy to give it to him. He was really charismatic and just all that was just really 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 good stuff because um, you know everybody in the world talks about getting rich and giving back and not to say that people don't but he's got a very specifically rocky road of a story Mm -hmm. and sometimes people get out of those situations and do everything in their power to not go back because of how triggering it is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it shows a lot of strength being able to To go go back back and to not let it like shutter you away from being able to help those kids so always just knowing that they needed the help that you probably didn't get at that time right wanting to be that for them right right so as i mentioned before um about him being raised jehovah's witness um he was very very spiritual i mean i know anybody who listened to him casually knows mention of god is very very high and yeah. more the whole often song uh, is on his albums about god and religion he yeah. always had a spiritual song on his albums people make a big deal and they made even more a big deal about crossing the, the lines blurring the lines between secular and like non-secular music mm-hmm. often this is a period of time where kurt franklin was getting a lot of flack for trying to like hip-hop his music too much mm-hmm. um but i always wonder whenever i am hearing 
religious references on rap albums if they're taking you know God's name in vain? Like, where does this fit into the mix? He compartmentalized that in a very unique way because mm-hmm. his the, the songs that are for that world are for that world versus the ones that are not for that world. And I kind of it's a, a big layer of respect there because that's something I kind of always peeve with Kanye about. Like, I would love to want to go to his Sunday service, but I do remember you saying you were going to stick your fist in somebody like a civil rights sign. And I can't really just forget that. That's like, <laughs> I'm not going to go to, if my, my pastor told me he put his fist in somebody like a civil rights sign, I'm like, well, I can't go to this church. It's crazy. Why would you say that out loud? Right. You know, so like, I appreciate him being able to compartmentalize his life and have a, a decent life religion balance. And work balance to some level, too, because God was with him everywhere. He'll tell you that yeah. uh, time and time again. He did not have a problem bringing him into his secular spaces. But whenever he paid homage and was trying to respect God in a certain way, there was a lane for that. And that was not what these bitches want. Well said. Oh, thank you. Um, Something else that can be noted about the kind of person DMX is is that he really kind of teaches you exactly the wide spectrum that people can be. Like, there's a lot of things people can be. There, You're not really that pigeonholed into any one of your character traits. He was very versatile in a lot of ways, right? Because, I mean, you think about a, a, a gangster rapper, you have preconceived notions, right? Yeah, there are some people who only see that and were probably a little turned off from those moments that they never saw who he grew into Mm. and who he was today, which is why I'm glad so many of these images are coming to the forefront now because it was him and his truest self being overtly loving and happy and grateful and positive. And you saw how much he loved on people for real. There is clips I've seen of him meeting people for the first time and making sure he connected. He looked them in their eyes. He shook their hands and he talked to them and asked them questions. And I remember seeing him fan out over rock him and wanted him to know he was his favorite rapper. Like his heart was so pure. And that's the thing about some of these artists. We see them, in their dark times Mm -hmm. and that's kind of at the forefront of our brains for a long time. There's, there are so many jokes we made about people's past and the times where they fail and it kind of stuck there. I think it's even deeper than who he became and more so who he always was without being able to express those more light sides of him. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I do, I think about like, I mean, he speaks about police brutality on who we be in a few times, right? What we seeing is the streets, the cops, the system, harassers, uh-huh. the options, get shot, go to jail, or get your ass kicked. That's how old police brutality is. It's older than that. It's like, it's a hundred years, it's old, 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 old. Yes. Like, you should always be very, very, very um, shocked. I'm not shocked. You should be like, what the fuck, every time somebody gets murdered by the police because of how long it's been that that's been happening. But, Every single time you lose somebody to that, there is this this media spin about what's wrong with these black boys, right? Mm-hmm. What their problems are. And it will be usually drug-related. 
mm-hmm. you know, which is a victimless crime. You know, if you just have drugs on you um, and alcohol, whatever, pictures of yourself on mm-hmm. MySpace or on Facebook or on Twitter where you have your middle finger up or you're doing salacious shit, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. People have always deserved the freedom to do whatever it is they want to do when it's victimless. But also painting young misunderstood boys as bad people whenever misunderstanding is the true opus of what that is. Mm -hmm. You really get that from DMX more than anybody else because whenever you look at the post from your white friend's commemorating him for party up or whatever they know him from or ex gonna give it to you whatever the hot shit was for them mm-hmm. check to be sure that they're not ready to tell you how George Floyd had something in his system so with a case like Dante Wright's which is very recent um, I, I immediately saw tweets about what was wrong with this kid now he's dead right mm-hmm. what, was wrong, what was wrong with him was what people misunderstand as just surviving poverty. Hello. You know, and people get murdered before they get a chance to survive poverty. Mm-hmm. The DMX is so amazing because he was able to escape that alive, for one, but it should be a cautionary tale, and more so whatever the opposite of that is, for what life could be like if you let black men live. Right. Because it just seems like a lot was learned over the 50 years and he was able to use it wisely whenever he figured those things out. But that can't happen for Trayvon Martin or Philando Castile or Tamir Rice, Rice, George Floyd, Mike Brown. I mean, we have a combination of events that happened this week where a kid was shot living in circumstances like a young DMX lived in. And DMX also died this week at 50. So we have two sides of what that looks like. Two sides of the coin. What a loss. What a great loss. DMX is a legend. I hope he... I I feel pretty strongly that he knows that and how much we loved him. And that contributes to me knowing that he's at peace. Like he Mm -hmm. received a lot of love. And I know there were times where it was dark and people might have not saw him for who he truly was deep down inside because unfortunately a disease was haunting him and sometimes it messed up his image a little bit but ultimately you his his heart shines through and I'm so glad these clips are coming up where we're reminded who he really was outside of music outside of this um time we got him in a dark place we see who he was when the cameras were rolling, but not to be shown in this way, I guess I want to say. They were still intimate. <clears throat> right. Was still his most intimate spaces and places with people. I'm I'm thankful for the transparency. I mean, as you, you guys know, I'm very big on that kind of stuff. I think we're supposed to know all the parts in you so we can fully understand how, you know, if we're trying to be anything like this, what is it? Like, what did you do all the way down the line? And I mean, not to say that I aspire to be a rapper or anything like that. It's just one of those things where I feel like I have a complete story on this guy. And I don't have to question why God willed things in his favor. 
because he's very transparent about yeah. exactly how that happened. Mm -hmm. And we want to know those things because it's not so much that people really want to believe in themselves so that they can get to a specific place. You want to be able to trust God enough to take you where you want to go. He's really, really good at making me feel like that's all he did. Yeah. And that's all it actually requires. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, DMX is a great champion for figuring out your why, like your purpose, what it is that you want to share with the world. Yep. Um, and an, ex an excellent example for following through on that. Um, because every single eye that could be against a young black man mm -hmm. is was on his back for the entire 50 years. Mm -hmm. And he came out very resilient very loving, very as much giving as receiving when it came down to his art and his work. And yeah. I mean, I just hope that that you can look at that and contribute, you know, try to commit yourself to a life full of learning new things so that you can always have that level of gratitude. And whenever you pass away, we can celebrate you, too. I know that's right. Yeah. Rest in peace, DMX. Prayers to his family, of course, in this difficult time. We'll miss him. And we love DMX forever. Long live X. Lord, why is it that? I go through so much pain. All I saw was black. All I felt was rain. I come to you because it's you who knows. You showed me that everything was black because my eyes were closed. You gave me the light and let me bask in your glory. So it was only right that when you ask for this story, I put it together to do our dogs some good. Our dogs being brothers and sisters in the hood. Plenty of times you sent help my way, but I hid. And I remember once you held me close, but I slid. There was something that I just had to see that you wanted me to see so I could be what you wanted me to be. And I think I've seen it, because I don't feel the same. Matter of fact, I know I've seen it. I can feel the change. It's strange. I was got me beating down your door. But I've never known love like this before. <laughs>